Hi, I'm Sean O. McCarthy, founding editor of The Comics Comic, found wherever you can type The Comics Comic into your electronic devices. Welcome to Last Things First, the show that asks comedians about the historic lasts and firsts in their lives as their comedy careers have blossomed, from young people with dreams to adult people living those dreams, or still dreaming. Questions both big and small are asked and answered. It's hopefully both amusing and illuminating. You may think you know Cat Williams, but there's more to the man and the comedian than what you see in the headlines. You may know him from his role as Money Mike on Friday After Next, or from Wild and Out, or from his four HBO specials, The Pimp Chronicles Part 1, It's Pimpin' Pimpin', Catpocalypse, and Priceless Afterlife. He now has his first Netflix special called Great America, and is ready to tell me the whole story. So let's get to it! since I saw you live that was at uh, the Barclays Center in Brooklyn but it's been oh, but it's been almost a decade since we actually talked properly I don't know if you remember it was the night that you went straight from jail to Carnegie Hall I do remember that night a very <laughs> special night and uh, we sat and talked at uh, Caroline's comedy club at the after party you invited me to come on your bus the next day but Yvette Shearer put a put the whole kibosh on it. Yeah, that was probably <laughs> one of her last acts as working for that guy. <laughs> um, but uh, before I really take you down memory lane, uh, last things first. In your new special for Netflix, Great America, why do you have it raining in the backdrop? Um, everything is symbolic. So, um, yeah, what does it mean to you to have uh, those of us who are watching Great America understand what's being said? Mm -hmm. And those of us who see that it's raining during that period of time, yeah, understand what period of time is happening next. (laughs) So, um, if you don't recognize that there's a storm and that it too shall pass, then you've missed what was being presented and the only way you might get it is you might notice the rain and try to figure that part out yeah each each part of it has to be so somebody can get what what it is we're 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 talking about what what thanks for noticing oh my pleasure thank uh what keeps you going when there's whether there's personal storm clouds or professional ones well, that's what I try. That's the one question that I tried to answer with this special. So my, this special is the answer to that question. So many people want to know why. Did, how does he do it? Why does he keep doing it? Why does it seem like nothing bothers him, no matter how much stuff is going on? Right. If you watch this special, the answer is in that special. That's why he does it. Is <laughs> because those people this conversation, what that feels like, and what's accomplished by it. That's the actual answer. The love of the game and the love of the people. Right. Remember, these, all of these people made a decision about what they were going to do, and this is not fly by night. This is this is not people from the inner city that are supporting this guy. This is been touring all across the country year after year after year after year with a different set every time 
performing to the same packed arenas full of people. And the reason is because a real conversation is taking place. And this was just an opportunity to show it in real life to show a place that's not L.A. or New York or a country place or a hip happening place. Or n- none of those. This is an under-the-radar gym that we have right here in the greatest country in the world. And that's my whole experience. That's what supported me. And that's really what I'm about at the end of the day, is this is a place where you get to see people of all races get together and discuss the same things and 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 you have to champion that because it's too rare how much how much do you love the symbolism of having not only done the special in jacksonville but joked about the jaguars and seen where they have come in the year since you were joking about them from from the deaths of the nfl to now on the precipice of the super bowl Um, what do you want me to say? I was right. That was all. That was the whole point. That was that was the whole point. It, because remember, as a comedian, there's no reason for you not to cut that part out of your special. Right. Why do you need? Why do you need people to see the intro? Because there are special things on that, and that was that's what the real conversation was. And so. Um, you, you have to have gone to these places year after year to be able to have these conversations. But the one thing that's factual is you cannot keep touring this country and not understand at the end of it what a great place it is. And so um, each of my specials has been in a different place for a different year. And we're just trying to make each place the right place for the right time. Mm-hmm. And me saying that Jacksonville was going to do something great, even though nobody believed it other than the people in that room and that they could go from the two and 16 to something different. <laughs> and I remember this, this, these are all very specific. If this doesn't turn out, you just look like an idiot on your special. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say it in Cleveland. Right. <laughs> and I'm from Ohio. I would have loved to have said yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not about that. Yeah. Are you, a, are you a Bengals fan? I was born in Cincinnati. Yeah. I, I'm going to always be a Bengals fan, but mm. I'm a fan of sports, so I okay. watch football based upon the two teams playing. Yeah. I, I, I love the sport itself. Now... You know, I mentioned that that night that you were here in New York City and right. you, you spent the day in jail and the night at Carnegie Hall. I mean, that's kind of the ultimate yeah. turnaround from 3 and 13 to the Super Bowl. Not really. The ultimate turnaround was he went to jail, came directly out, did Radio City Music Hall, and they dropped 14 felony charges against him in that one day and nobody said anything. <laughs> Why do you that's, think wh- that's, that's that's the part that no journalist will talk about? Not how this dude keeps being accused, mm-hmm. but why is nothing ever? Why are we never hearing what came of anything? Why that's the whole. Yeah. Wh- why do you think journalists don't talk about the don't follow up? I, I don't have to a- ask that question or wonder. I think it's just enough that they don't. Mm-hmm. That's all. 
Okay. <laughs> That's all. No, no, no deep comments about it at all. <laughs> well, I'm you just, know, I, I'm just reminding you because you very vividly remember what happened. Yeah. But you do not very vividly remember what happened afterwards. All you remember is the dude just kept on working. You never heard anybody say, hey, that wasn't the case. This wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. Sorry about that. Uh, the ro- no, none of that. Just dropped. That's all. Take your damage to your reputation and keep it moving. You know, <laughs> well, that also reminds me, I rewatched um, It's Pimpin' Pimpin' the other day. Right. And uh, that's, yeah. a great, that's a great special. I mean, I, my favorite so far is Priceless Afterlife, but... Uh, it, in its pimpin pimpin, you talked about 2008 and the importance of having, as a celebrity, you need to have a team, right? And having seen, you know, your your personal and professional ups and downs in the decades since then, do you feel like you always had your team, or do you feel like you were lacking a solid support? I, I knew it wasn't there. That's why I was discussing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I I recognize that w- w- I'm putting this discussion out for later, so I'm not discussing something that I think because I think it, I'm smart enough to be offering advice to other people. I'm actually chronicling what's going on in my own life at these actual times. And when I'm saying something is an issue, I don't mean it's an issue for other people. I mean it's an issue. And so that honesty is what's allowed me to continue is because at no point am I acting as if I'm not a part of these conversations. I'm a part of these conversations as well. Were you always so willing to be honest about your yourself on stage or was that something that developed over time? Um, I, I don't know if I'd have done it if I didn't know how difficult it would be at the end. But um, <laughs> I, I, I just wanted to see how much of it you could pull off. Mm-hmm. And um, it, the whole thing is. It doesn't matter what our intentions are, no matter how right you intend to be, nobody's perfect. You're going to make mistakes and, you know, problems are going to arise. Yeah. Things are going to happen. That's that's not what this life is about. It's about what you did after that. And so, you know, I, I, I have to be an example of that. You can see situations that I'm in mm-hmm. where you're trying to figure out what is going on. But the <laughs> only guarantee is when we finally see this guy, he's probably going to tell us what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> and it's that honesty that keeps the fans engaged. And it's that honesty that allows me to be that comfortable in front of 14,000 people in Jacksonville because these are not strangers. These right. are friends of or, yeah. or even more than that in Brooklyn, at Barclays, I think. Right, yeah, yeah, exactly, um, exactly. Or Radio City, just, yeah, it, it's it's not, you don't have to take out the bad things to realize what a great position it is. When you were, when you were first starting out in stand-up and then you picked, was it originally Cat in the Hat before it was just Cat? Yeah, yeah, when you, when you were When you were Cat in the Hat, what did you what did you envision like when you th- when you thought about what you wanted in a career? What did you think back then? Um 
Did well, you? I, I was pretty. I was pretty foolish at that point. So mm-hmm. what I thought was, I thought that I would be able to come into the game and preserve all of my morals and my standards, and that I would be able to go in and really show. Hey guys, you don't have to sell out. You can you can stay true and keep it real and still be successful. And you know, I didn't really accomplish that. That was that was pretty naive of me to think I was going to be able to do that. But that's really what I thought. I, I really just wanted to make comics proud that hadn't made it and had been overlooked, and we're still trying to be true to the game and to the process. Was there was there a moment on stage or on tour that that? opened your eyes so you were no longer naive to the business? Um, it's constantly happening, you know? It's constantly happening. They're, they're, that, that's why um, when you can, you do comedy until you can't do it anymore. We all, we all are trying to follow in the footsteps of Charlie Murphy where you just mm. hold on to stand up and stand up holds on to you and you take that all the way uh, through life, so. Were, have there been other people along the way who have uh, inspired you as as much as Charlie or more than that? Um, I've been inspired by all of the great people I've been able to cross paths with. I've, I've had a very blessed life. I was able to call Prince, a friend of mine, and uh, Heavy D and uh, Ronaldo Ray and just... Yvette Wilson, just icons in their own right. I, I was able to know these people. I've, I, 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 I learn from um, people. I, I'm, again, I'm, I'm not my biggest fan, mm-hmm. so it's been an honor. <laughs> it's been an honor for me just to be involved in comedy while Dave Chappelle was the king. You know what I mean? Right. And is and that why you say you're the king? His- is that if Dave Chappelle is the king? Is that why you're introduced as the king of underground comedy? Well, because I've always been that. Mm-hmm. There, there aren't there aren't a list of comedians that um, have the type of audiences that I have. Mm-hmm. There just aren't. And so, if you want to talk about the heaviest white comedian, he does not have forty percent black people in his audience. And if you want to talk about the heaviest black comedian, he does not have forty percent white people in his audience. <laughs> Only Cat Williams is crossing racial lines in today's climate and in the climate of 20 years ago. So that's what we're most proud of is the audience, not of him. Right. We're most proud of them. And so that's what keeps us afloat. You know, you, you just said that you're not your your biggest fan. Uh, I don't know if this will no. cheer you up or not, but the other day Roy Wood Jr. told me that uh, you are his mom's biggest fan. Uh, fan well your, see, your mom fair. is he, you're you're his mom's favorite comedian he's he's not even his mom's favorite comedian you are and, right, and, and, Roy, Woods, and Roy Woods doing pretty well in the game right now right 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 but see that's the whole that's the whole thing is that that's not the way life works you know what I mean mm-hmm. like LeBron LeBron's kids are not all about LeBron because why would they be you know what I mean that's that's the way it works for all of us. <laughs> none of us, none of us had the cool parents. You right. know what I mean? That's how life works. It works like that, and so you—that's part of what makes you special—is being able to deal with just that part of it. That it's not going to line up the way you think. Do you deal with that with your own kids, where they're like, ah, it's just dad's. Comedy. All, 
all parents. I'm saying yeah. we didn't realize our parents were spot on <laughs> at the time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We we didn't get anything they were trying to push our way. And so now the roles have reversed now. And you know what I mean? Like yeah. th- this this world is a circle for a reason. And so um as soon as we acknowledge that that's what it is, it makes everything stop spinning. And um our audiences are very clear. We we come to laugh and we come to discuss things. And our intent is always to push the progress of, 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 of our goal. And our goal is we, no matter how bad it was before we got in here, we are not leaving this venue the way we walked in here. And um, what an honor to have that as your career and then to be able to partner with Netflix once you get to this point in your career so that you know it's going to be the way you delivered it that's for all comics that's the holy grail of it all and that's your agenda it's your intent going forward after this yeah because i'm saying that's part of not being a big fan of yourself i'm 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 a fan of 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 stand-up itself i'm a fan of comedy and and the people that are doing that i as for me, I see a guy who I'm constantly trying to get this guy better, constantly telling him his last piece of work was not good enough. He needs to get better. So, you know. What do you what do you tell the, the kids in comedy now that are coming up? I know, you know, you have Mark Curry, but then you sometimes have some younger comics on the road with you or or I'm sure you undoubtedly young comics will come right. up to you asking you for advice. What do you what do you tell them in terms of negotiating this business and this this life well i just try to pass on some of the good uh uh advice that was uh passed on to me and i I, it's just so many great comics dropped a bug in my ear but the main thing is that it's show business half of it is show half of it's business and that's really how it is. So we all know comics that got a great show, but they don't have any business. Mm. And we all know comics that have all the business. <laughs> they got flyers. They get, they're on everything <laughs> that's on everything? social media. They, they got billboards. They got teams with teams. They have everything except the show. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, this, this, this business is about getting that mixture right and understanding it so i try to pass that on to the young comics i try to remind them that funny is the only thing that matters at the end of the day and comedy is not a job where you don't have a boss you do have a boss your boss is the people in that seat if there's one of them or if there's ten thousand of them that's who you answer to and them alone if they're happy you're happy they're not happy you have no job that, that's what I tell the young comics. Well, Kat, I have to tell you that every time I see you on stage or every time I have the pleasure of talking to you like this, I always leave happy. So thank you so much. Well, thank you. Thank you so and much you for taking the time. you interviewed me for 30 years, even though I'm only 32 and you're <laughs> <laughs> Well, I look forward to interviewing you in another 30 years, too. Exactly, exactly. We'll talk about more things. I have... I, I appreciate your interview more than you know. Oh, thank you so much, Kat. All right. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye.
This episode of the Comics Comic Presents Last Things First was produced by Alex Brazell at Showbiz Studios. The music by Camille Harris and Shockwave, logo by Gigglechick. Please check out my website, thecomicscomic.com, for more interviews, reviews, and comedy news. Become a paid subscriber at patreon.com. I'm your host, Sean McCarthy. Thanks for listening. Last things first.